So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start. A controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It's the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by... Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It's also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. We have a guest. Hello, Nate Abarea. Welcome to the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Wait, hold on. I'm supposed to say hi to Darren first. Hi, Darren. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Nate. Can I say hi now? Yeah. Now hi. you're allowed to say hello. Hello. Nate Abarea, who called San Diego Loyal. Who did we play over the weekend? Real Monarchs. It was God. Real. What a snooze fucking fest that was. I did not sum it up that way. No, you did uh, not. On, on the broadcast on ESPN Plus, uh, Fox Five, and our uh, our friends down in Florida in the communications department. Um, no, we saved I, that analysis for Match Day Live. That right, was brutal. Bad. Right in really that. bad. Match Day Live came on the air on Saturday, and I believe the first words spoken were, well, that was terrible. Like, that, <laughs> that was I, I like to brand it as uh, the first away win of the season for the upstart Real Monarchs of Salt Lake City. I try to look at the positives. Uh, the away team gave a, a very fine effort on Saturday night. I suppose the uh, home team could give a little more, do a little better uh, the next time out. But I try to focus on the positives these days, Jordan. And I was uh, uh, tipping my cap to use a baseball analogy. I know you're a little focused on some uh, baseball this evening out there at the field of dreams, hmm. but cheers to uh, that, that the folks from Salt Lake city for their first away win of the season on Saturday night at Torero stadium. Yeah. It's a good thing. We had champagne and beer for that one. We needed oh, it. We needed more of it. We ran out of it. We need a tequila for that one. We should have brought out the heavy hitters. Um, all right. We are just diving right into that. There's other things we want to discuss on the podcast. So at least let's give people a heads up on that. The super cup. I watched it. Did you? The European super cup. Yeah, I watched it. It was the on European super cup. How yeah, dare the you? Super cup. Don't Winter downplay it like that. Yeah, I watched it. It was on. I don't, I don't appreciate that. You know what I was actually, I was not watching uh, the UEFA Super Cup. I was at a baseball game. Okay. Well, then why did we invite you on the podcast today? I'll tell Um, you about, I'll tell you about Padres zero Miami Marlins seven. I'll talk to you about uh, field of dreams. I'll talk to you about all of our wonderful local results uh, that that we're getting here in San Diego lately. Okay. Field of dreams. You can play uh, field of dreams if you're on MLB the show. By the way, that stadium's available here. now. How about that? Subtle plug. Um, so what? Lost right over the fact that Nate's been in multiple sporting events in San Diego where the home team doesn't score. Mm. I sort of alluded to it. Uh, yeah, that's wow. Nine innings of professional baseball and 90 minutes of professional soccer uh, with both games featuring teams representing San Diego. And I have yet to uh, watch or call, see, experience a scoring play of any kind. So I look forward to uh, 
lots of loyal goals uh, against Tacoma this yeah. coming can, can I just ask, like, Nate, you are super prepared. We talked about it a little bit on Match Day Live, knowing you, how professional you are, your approach to broadcasting. Does anything prepare you for a goal 42 seconds into a match? I mean, no. I think of the scenarios that go through your mind that probably – even even your mind, that one probably somewhat escaped you. Yeah, it caught me and pretty much everyone in the ground a little off guard. I think it caught the Real Monarchs players themselves a, a little off guard. And and I was joking with uh, with Shannon Mack on the call and talking with you after the game. A goal goes in after 42 seconds. You're thinking, all right, we're in for a barn burner. We're in for a, a high-scoring soccer match on Saturday night in San Diego. Not if I'm there, uh, apparently. So, but the last call, by the way, I don't want to wear this too much because I believe uh, Jack Cronin's uh, last play-by-play before his brief hiatus, he will be back uh, uh, back in the commentary seat next month after I fill in for him for these few games. But I believe Jack's last most recent result was a 1-0 uh, loss at home. So I don't want to make this like all my fault here. I want to get yeah. a little bit, you know, off here. No, it got better, actually, because Jack's last broadcast, there were zero shots on target. You at least had two shots on target for Loyal. So advantage, Nate Abarea. Okay. Well, we'll see if we can get goals uh, this next time out. No guarantee of uh, Padre runs. I don't know what I can do. But I did no goals uh, in the the three fantastic events. that I, No goals or runs or, or scores of any kind uh, for San Diego sports teams in the two events that I went to. But a big score for San Diego on Tuesday night when I got to see Nas perform with the San Diego Symphony at this beautiful new shell uh, where a few folks from Loyal were actually at a couple nights prior watching the great Gladys Knight uh, perform just a few nights ago. So the sports may not be, you know, full of scoring plays for us in San Diego right now. I know that'll change soon, but I'll tell you what, we are scoring on a musical level. Cheers to Nas, cheers to the San Diego Symphony, and cheers to Gladys Knight. There you go. You went to the shell? I went to the shell. Like I actually volunteered. Uh, I was slaying soups in the food court at uh, at the uh, at the shell the other night. I was volunteering with the good folks from uh, Kitchens for Good. I encourage everybody to check out one of the most amazing nonprofit organizations uh, in in this area. One of the best that I've ever had uh, the the privilege of working with. And yeah, I was I was out there slaying soups uh, for for most of the night and keeping people warm. I got a little cool late on, so. We had the chicken coconut curry out there. We had the vegan chili, but a little miso broth with some beef brisket action, some really good soups. I got to warm people's hearts and souls with the fine soups from uh, Kitchens for Good and then got to see Nas play with the symphony. So there you go. Grateful. Very nice. I wasn't at Torero Stadium, so I guess I missed. I, I chose a good one not to go to at Torero. I, I, listen. I had a contact, so I had to stay home. I played it safe. Everyone's good. People are tested negative. Everything's good in that regards. But I stayed home. I did my part um, of the broadcast for Match Day Live from home at Torero. Or Darren was at Torero. I was at home. Nate was in the booth. It was actually great for me because as soon as I was done, normally I would just watch it from our set, and I wouldn't be able to hear the broadcast. Being from home, I was able to go straight to the couch and take in the entire broadcast with Nate. He sounded amazing. The match itself, like we kind of referenced, not very good. Um, Landon Donovan has admitted as much himself, saying not very good. One of the worst that they've had this entire year. 
Uh, and now they get to turn it around and take on Tacoma, a team that they have absolutely struggled against so far this year. So uh, back at it at Torero with Nate in the booth. I think, uh, can I actually read uh, what you texted me uh, right around the final whistle the other night? This was a, no. this was a grand compliment coming from, from you. Uh, oh, okay, you, then you yes. Said, you said, thank you. You sent a lot of hearts. You sent just a, an entire, more than eight colors worth of, forget a rainbow. This is like a super rainbow of heart emojis uh, that you sent me. It made me feel really good, really full of love. And then you said, Did I say dog you. shit in this text? You, uh, very close. You said, thank you, Nate, for making that turd of a match enjoyable to watch. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored that I could make a, uh, I could polish the turd for you there, Jordan. Thank you, Nate. You're welcome. All right. Any more thoughts on Loyal? You guys want to break down Tacoma? I don't know why we suck against Tacoma, but we better not be terrible against them this weekend. Third time's a charm. That's Third what time's I'm a charm. This time it's at home. Although the whole uh, home thing, not as, uh, not as a big deal as of late. It was Fort a fortress for a while. Now we're, uh, now we're dropping points at home all of a sudden. I don't like it. Fortress wall is uh, starting to show a couple of cracks there. Last two times out against Monarchs and Phoenix. Landon, uh, Landon is on radio. You know that? Remember AM radio, Jordan? Remember way back when? When you, you know, AM? I no? blocked anyway, it out of memory. So interview, you can find it available on an app also. But <laughs> did say like one of the two worst performances that we've had. <laughs> they said Phoenix was terrible. This might have been worse. Mm. Expects that after losing twice against Tacoma, coming off a pretty bad performance Landon Donovan speaking not me like you better be motivated for this one Saturday night the match sucked I want to move on positivity hopeful good match against Tacoma Jordan Carruth is full of positivity he's just not not showing it uh, as as well as he normally does we were bad against Monarchs it's okay okay all right hopefully we're better against Tacoma I remember when I was the cynical one who would come on the show just spout off have like three or four gin and tonics and just spout off all sorts of different you know thoughts on things and you saw the result they lost i'm just trying to be a little bit more of a glass half full i didn't say they're going to lose against tacoma this weekend i'm just saying hopefully they can turn it around against a team that they haven't been good against your your buena vesa can seems half empty that's all i'm saying (laughs) it's more than half empty well then get it well then get another one how about that i'm down i am down Come on, Nate. Nate we'll guarantee a win. Yeah, guarantee Nate. Jeez, man. Wait, wait, this is coming from the guy uh, just the other night who gave me the most like beautiful Mr. Miyagi like, you know, sports communications radio speech about never giving predictions, never having hot takes. We watch the game because we don't fucking know. Like you literally said that to me three, four days ago. You're like, that's what I tell people. Who's going to win? I don't know. That's why we watch. I don't know. It's why we go to the game. Are they going to win? Are they going to tie? Are they going to lose? We don't know. It's why Darren we told go. you this. So there's, there's your fucking prediction. There you go. Yeah. yeah we crushed him uh, burritos back at the uh, Casa de Smith afterwards with clean El Messi. Mm, very nice. Yeah. Now a, a PSG uh, cat. Speaking Messi. of which, <laughs> all right, perfect transition. <laughs> now it's yeah. A Parisian cat. Um, <laughs> Too soon. Not fucking funny, man. <laughs> well, you're not going to like this next story. So here we go. I, I got an email. What's that? I thought Remember you wanted that? to talk about the Super Cup. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Super Cup after I tell you about this email I got. So um, a couple weeks ago, I texted you guys that there's like this soccer store down the street 
from where I live now. Yes. It's a hole in the wall place, a bunch of knockoff jerseys, essentially. It's, I think Nate is how, how Nate described it. Totally true. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. They have Lionel Messi PSG jerseys available. So I present to you, Darren, this Saturday at Torero Stadium. Would it be okay if I wore a PSG jersey on the set? Yes or no? Jordan, you're an adult. I'm not going to dress you. You can dress yourself. You can wear what you want to wear. Would you be mad? Would you be offended? I'm just going to let you know. I can't make predictions where I'm going to be on Saturday. But if it were match day live here Thursday, I'd struggle. I, I'd, I'd probably struggle with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably okay, consider Saturday. a personal attack somehow, okay. some way. But you do you, again, like you can – it Very sounds fine. like you're you're sort of like working through the the phases of mourning and and the phases mm. of of loss and heartbreak. Um, are you at, fast are it. you at uh, uh, Spanish television levels of rage or have those uh, have those passed? <laughs> I watch that show all the time just because I feel like what's it called? Laching? What's it called? El, El Chiringuito, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I watch it all the time because it's like, I feel like it's the only place that can match my emotional level. You know, is those crazy people like zooming in, zooming out on the screen. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, they now translate it in English and it's like, now we get to watch Memphis, you know? <laughs> I feel so like are you, answer the question, please. Are you still in, you know, that level of rage? Are you to a, 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 a you, what, what, phase of of heartbreak uh, are you in currently with uh, the PSG Messi saga having now found a conclusion he's now a PSG player how are you feeling Darren yeah um not not great not it's not been fun and like every day there's another layer to it you know like he gives his first interviews to the French press and another detail comes out and then there's this stupid storyline about the league, La Liga having to be bailed out and how Barcelona's turning down the money that they're getting, which probably could have been used to fucking pay him, which they declined to do so that Barca could just follow along with the president of Real Madrid, which is just fucking gross. So, you know, it's just all of it. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's going to be seeing him hugging Sergio Ramos. And, oh. you know, they, like there's just so much more still... And then, you know, the cherry on top I, I'm, I'm fearful of is going to be when you know, Kylian Mbappe transfers to Real Madrid here in a couple of days just to really, you know, make things totally fucking terrible. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, then you got to watch him play and, you know, you got to sit here and wrestle with yourself. Like, do I want to cancel my BN Sports subscription or do I want to watch what this looks like? So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it just feels wrong. In all honesty, like all kidding aside, it just feels wrong. It feels unnecessary. He said he wanted to come back. He said he wanted to come back in December. They decided eight days before the start of the season. Oh, sorry. Like we have no room for you of all people, but let us try to register these other fucking players who have never played a minute for this club. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I'm not going to lie. All right. I won't wear a messy Jersey Saturday. Fine. You can. It's okay. I got to get used to it. I think you would be helping me in some weird way. That would be tough love. Right. It's like I said, it's just to fast forward a little bit. I don't know. Um, I was looking at photos. I went to Barcelona years ago. It was a great trip. And I went to a match and I watched Neymar, Messi, and Luis Suarez play. And it was beautiful. 
And now I look at that photo. I'm like, that's a future PSG team throwing an Atletico Madrid player. It's not great. I mean, well, 538 still thinks Barca is the favorite to win the league. But that's what I was going to say. It's not like Real Madrid are going out. They haven't signed Mbappe yet. Now, if they do that, mm, yeah, that's going to change some things for me. That will that will change some things. But, but they lost know. players. They haven't been signing a bunch. It sucks. It stinks. It stinks. Watch break down and cry and talk about how he's not ready. But you know, a couple of days later, boy, that that was that was quite the moment there in Paris, huh? When he walked out and all those fans were out. I mean. Plus, it's PSG of all places. Ugh. Hey, at least it's not City. That's like my big takeaway. At least it's not City. No? All right. I'll be on an island on that one. It's okay. That was this my biggest. Was, I wanted to throw this in here. I saw this uh, came up from a colleague of mine online. Uh, the PSG lineup for the uh, Coupe de France in 2011. So this was the final match day of the 2011 season uh for psg and what this the reason why this match is so symbolic and you're coming up on a 10-year anniversary this was the last game before the qatari ownership uh took hold of psg in this lineup coupe in goal back line of tiene sako kamara ciara makalele claude makalele at 38 years old Chelsea in their legend. midfield chantame nene uh, a guy named Bodmer, Bodmer, I actually don't even remember that player. Uh, Julie out there at 38 or 37 years old and Horao uh, up top. So there are multiple players who I, I like to pride myself as a bit of a soccer encyclopedia. I don't remember most of those dudes. And the ones who I do, I look at that and go, 2011, that guy was playing in the 90s because he was. And so PSG was a club who, I mean, that's about the standard of lineup we were talking about for PSG. And mind you, Claude McAuley was a legend. We're talking about a, a France legend, a Chelsea legend. Uh, Jordan would know the name Claude McAuley very well. So, I mean, these aren't, they, they weren't a, a, you know, a peasant club by any means, but what the level of money that's come into that club, what it's done and us coming off of us, I say us sort of, uh, you know, fans of world football at large, us, we coming off of the, the European Super League uh, saga and feeling like the the fans and the good of football won. Well, there's been a lot of really fantastic journalism over the last few days as everyone's sort of celebrating this messy move or crying about this messy move. And some folks are actually able to take that necessary sort of journalistic step back and look at this thing and go, well, we defeated the Super League, but that might be back on very soon. And when you see a club, you're talking about Clubs like Barcelona and, and Real Madrid, and then you go to England and, and so many different clubs where now it, it used to be, you know, major money compared to old football ethics. No, now the competition is greedy football money versus state liquid money. And we're just seeing more and more and more that like state liquid money is here and it don't matter how big your your greedy football money chest is it's a, a pebble compared to the funds that are are coming through the likes of psg and man city and how long before those clubs create such an astronomical gap that there's no choice for them based on the situations that they're creating for another quote-unquote super league to be sought out by these clubs. So I think this messy transfer 
as sad as it is, as enraging as it is, if you're capable, Darren, I understand this might take a little longer for you, but for anybody else out there listening, if you can kind of take that step back and, and see you know, the dominoes falling, I'm a little scared again watching this. And maybe my cynicism is creeping back going, yeah, how long before we have an eight-team Super League? When you look at the roster that's been constructed, when you look at the money that's being paid for these players, I know Messi's on a three, but what's the what's the salary, the weekly salary going to be like? It's just, it's absurd and it makes me nervous. And I don't think we've heard the last of the European Super League. And all well, you know, part of this though, Nate, is <clears throat> what you're saying is absolutely part of the conversation. And you know, not that I expect everybody to have followed every last detail about what's happening in Spain, which is, you know, having terrible, terrible economic issues, right? Like Real Madrid doesn't have a lot of money. Barcelona doesn't have a lot of money. Like they could not have signed this player, this player, because of what is essentially considered a salary cap in Spain. But the league gave them a lifeline. They said, we have somebody willing to inject $3 billion into this league, which would give you all money that you can spend on players. And Barcelona, Real Madrid, Athletic Club from Basque Country, and one other, they voted against this. They don't want that money because they want to be in control of their future rights, which indicates that they're still very much interested in the Super League. So they were not willing to, to bring this player back so that they can be in control of their own financial situation for the next several decades. To me, that's the same thing. And it's the same exact thing, what you're saying. It's just there's different elements of it. Like that Real Madrid is leading the way and Barcelona is following is as gross as fuck in this situation, yeah. given what you're supposed to think of as mortal enemies Yet the two of them are operating together to plan a future for themselves without the rest of the league. And that's just gross to me at the expense of Messi here and now. Yeah. I haven't quite rolled my eyes at the parade that we've seen from those who think we've completely shut down the Super League. I've, I've been of the opinion that that is just going to take a, a new form and it's going to attack at a different time. There is way too much money on the line. And just because there was some pushback doesn't mean all of a sudden that a bunch of people who are in that position are all of a sudden not going to be interested in all the money that is available potentially to them. When clubs are being handed 50 plus million dollar checks just to qualify for this tournament, imagine how much money is actually on the line here. So it's just going, it's like a virus, right? Greed, just like a virus. It's going to just take a new shape. It's going to take a new form and it's going to attack you in a new way. That's I mean, gonna it's, it's going to come right? back. It might not be exactly the first way it was debuted, but it's going to come back in a, a similar fashion. How gross is it to see Ramos and Messi, right? Thinking like as you know, as rivals, you know, you, you see that, but then also to think about Barca and Real Madrid and in cahoots here, just financially, you know, doing things that nobody really seems to watch at any rate, up the palace, I say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, come on. Come on. Crystal palace. Darren's all in for his palace. Love my guy. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a little Premier League, I'm sure, uh, before before this episode's over, Jordan. Um, I know you're anxious to talk a little little bit of Chelsea and. Uh, well, you guys kind of took the wind out of the sail of the Super Cup. Well, I just I want to you know the the wrapping up on on this topic. It's like I I don't want I'm I'm opening my my opening words. I'm talking about being a glass half full kind of gentleman these days and trying to see all the positives and and err on the the side of, of romanticism and how often do you hear me rattling on, rambling on about romanticismo de football and all these things that, that are so priceless and all these things that, 
that draw a true student of life. I mean, football is a, an anthropologist's dream. It's it's got all this all this beauty to it. And when you see folks at the highest levels of the game seemingly not give two shits about any of that romanticism and all these things that make us flock to our screens, to our phones, to the stadiums, and and have this this fervor and this passion for these things. And when you see, eh, whatever, Ramos and Messi are teammates now, deal with it. And they're funded by Qatar. Deal with it. Real Madrid and Barcelona are financial partners now. Deal with it. I know the last hundred years of history that you've diligently studied. I'm not just speaking for myself. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little pipsqueak compared to the level of knowledge and passion that folks in Catalonia have for the relationship between Barcelona and Real Madrid as, as clubs and the notion that you're seeing more and more how little all of that means to the folks who are in charge. How are you not supposed to be cynical about the whole damn thing when you go Barcelona and Real Madrid, the, the mortal enemies? No, Darren, they're financial partners. Yeah. And, and you know, the decision-making <laughs> and influence of one is impacting the decision-making for another. And if it's, you know, if it's somebody, anybody on the roster, you're like, okay, but that it's Lionel Messi that you seemingly chose to go down a financial road with your arch rival at the expense of the best player, perhaps ever, certainly the best that's ever worn the Blaugrana. That's a tough one to swallow. I'm not going to lie. I love the people. I love the city, but you know, sometimes you, you know, you do start thinking you guys went through this, with the Premier League clubs thinking about their involvement in the Super League, you do start questioning all of it. Like, why do we seemingly care more about some of this stuff than they do? Can we talk about uh, how Super Chelsea are now? Can I, can I start this? Can I just ask one question? Because I thought about this before we came on. And I don't want to lose sight of it because I know we have to wrap in like 10 minutes or so. So Manchester City is the favorites in the Premier League. Liverpool... And then Chelsea, one, two, three. That's mm -hmm. the way it is. I already have the top seven predicted. Can I ask the Liverpool supporter to make the case for Chelsea? And can I ask the Chelsea supporter to make the case for Liverpool? Since I think everybody wants somebody other than Man City. The fuck is this debate class? Yes. What are you doing? I don't, exactly like what... I don't know about this. Um, all right, I'll do it anyway. Because for some reason, I respect you. Um, so thanks for <laughs> tossing that up there. Um making the case for Chelsea to win the premier league. Um, yeah. Nate, the champions league fucking winners, the champions of Europe make the, the case that they could win winners. England's league, make the case that they could do what Liverpool uh, did just a couple of years ago, which was win the champions league in 2019 and then follow it up by winning uh, the premier league uh, the next season. Why will Chelsea do that? Chelsea will do that because they have a manager who has a lot of similarities to one Jurgen Klopp in terms of nationality, in terms of energy level, in terms of relationships with his players. And we saw, I know I was awfully harsh uh, on Frank Lampard during uh, last season. I was uh, not a big Frank, super Frank fan. Um, and I felt a little bit validated. I'll tell you what, when I saw what Tuchel did uh, with that team, when he came in and took a team that had players who had been cast off and, and people wanted them out of the club. I mean, numerous players who were considered surplus to requirements who have become goal scorers 
for Thomas Tuchel, who have become linchpins for Thomas Tuchel. And you're even talking about Kepa Balaga. You're talking about Kepa just the other day becoming a hero in a penalty shootout. And if anybody is unfamiliar with the poetry of what Thomas Tuchel did, almost like it was a practical joke on the world to sub Kepa in for the penalties after what went down in the Carling Cup final just a few years ago between Chelsea and City and Maurizio Sarri almost literally leaving the club on the spot and Kepa waving him off and then not making a single save as Willy Caballero was ready to come in. It's one of my all-time favorite theatrical moments on a football pitch is the uh, the saga with Kepa, Caballero, and Sarri uh, back in, I think it was the 2019 uh, League Cup final against City. Thomas Tuchel has taken all of this, all of the stuff that went on with Sarri, everything that went on under Lampard, and he's just embraced every challenge, and that guy could make any team better. And, oh, the roster's not half bad. And you throw in an inform Romelu Lukaku, into the mix, Chelsea could win the league because they have a leader. They have a championship level manager, unlike that guy who they sacked uh, back last year, who was not. He will know. He was actually a English championship level manager. Thomas Tuchel is a champion of the Premier League level manager. So enjoy your time in the second division. It's where you belong, Frank. Okay, over to you, Jordan. That was uh, that was great. That was really really well done. Liverpool don't have a fucking chance. <laughs> I can't make the case for Liverpool. They got zero chance. They get hurt all the time. Klopp's like not even. There's a better version of Klopp in this league. He just talked about him. His name's Tuchel. He's down in London. So <laughs> Liverpool's got no chance. Let's talk about the Super Cup and how amazing Chelsea are. We good? I'll give you my prediction. Someone asked me what my uh, top seven would be. For the Premier League. Tell me what uh, if anything stands out to you. I have City 1, Chelsea 2. Yeah, <laughs> nothing great so far. Not out on the limb yet. Liverpool 3. Yeah, okay. Let me guess. United 4? United 4. <laughs> Let me right. guess. I'm going to go uh, Arsenal, uh, Leicester, and uh, Aston Villa. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Nate, your turn. Uh-huh. Jordan, you put Tottenham fifth? No. All right. Uh, you put Tottenham in seventh? No. You didn't, but you, you think that, okay, you, you know what? Your, your slight spitefulness here has actually unearthed a rather intriguing prediction. You are saying that Tottenham Hotspur, unlike all your other played out bullshit in the first part there, uh, Tottenham Hotspur yes. will not finish in the top seven no. in the Premier League, according to Jordan Carew. Neither will Arsenal? No. So who you got? Give me your five, six, seven here. I have Leicester in there. You just had Leicester in the wrong spot. I have Leicester five. I have Everton six. I have Leeds seven. Leeds. I wouldn't mind that. You forget about the Bielsa effect. Okay. So. Not bad, right? Heavy on the Bielsa. You're you're showing. All of a sudden, you guys aren't talking about how I'm not going out on a limb. Hey. Okay. You talk about capable managers. That's Everton with one Rafa Benitez uh, in charge. So Liverpool legend, European Cup winner, Rafa Benitez, uh, now managing the the third team on Merseyside. It goes Liverpool, Tranmere Rovers, uh, Everton. I think Liverpool reserves are in there uh, somewhere before. But uh, Everton are doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good luck to them. You saw what Carlo Ancelotti uh, thought about the prestige 
of uh, the Everton job once he was offered a, a nice little trip back to Real Madrid. So they managed to rebound despite the insult of seeing Ancelotti uh, leave the way that he did. Um, a lot of people felt rather betrayed because he left back for a big football club in Spain as opposed to staying with Everton. Um, but Rafa, Rafa has taken on the challenge of wearing the toffee blue and being on Merseyside again. This time he's not Liverpool manager. He's doing it at Goodison. So I'm intrigued. I, I have to say of all the picks in there, Jordan, the rest of them played out, lame, tiresome, not exciting at all. Uh, Leeds, maybe a little bit of excitement there. I like the Everton pick. I'm, I'm surprised and I'm intrigued by the Everton season now. Okay. What's your out on the limb choice then? Everton to finish in 13th place and Rafa sacked at the end of the season. <laughs> he makes it the whole season? Listen, uh, yeah, of- sacked in uh, late April as they're in 15th. Duncan Ferguson uh, does the interim thing that he does. Here comes Big Big Sam to the rescue. They somehow find somehow somehow Big Sam and Dunk are on the uh, on the touchline for Everton come late April, and they scrape up to finish thirteenth. That's my. uh, That's I wanted. uh, I wanted to be in London this weekend. This is a weekend. Not only is it the opening weekend, but you get Arsenal Friday, Chelsea play Saturday, and then Tottenham host Man City on Sunday. It would have been uh, quite the trip. I don't think Harry Kane is in any position to play this weekend for Tottenham. Although I really wish he was because I want for for city. Yeah. He would love to, Um, I would love for him to be available because I would just love for the scene. Maybe it will happen because he's still got to be there, right? Like he'll be on the bench. Maybe not. Maybe he won't be in the 18, but he's still going to be at the stadium, right? Either way. I want an image of Harry Kane trying to sneak his way in to the man city locker room at some point and be like, please. And just like throw on one of their kits or one of their hoodies or maybe a warm up, and just be like, Hey, I don't, will anyone notice it's Harry Kane. And now I'm with man city. And that's all it took. He's just going to sneak over. That's what I want. Do you think we'll get that image? How about if you just showed up with his luggage? Like, can I, can I come on with y'all? Like, do you think he's going to hold on to Pep's like ankles as Pep walks off the field and he's just going to like drag him off the field and he's just going to be begging to be playing for him? Oh, no, no, no. You're talking about a, a, a consummate professional here. You're talking about, you know, the the pride of the English national team, the one of our own. He's one of our own. That's as the Tottenham supporters say, a man who would never betray the club like all those selfish, greedy footballers out there. No, Harry Kane's a, a man's man. He would never, you know, play games during the summer like all those other greedy footballers. Ha! There you go. All right. We've, wait, that's, we've your saved- boy. That's, that's your boy, SV Spurs and every other Spurs supporters group out there. That's your, your pride and joy, your, your home club boy. That's, that's your guy, your guy who just shows the guts and the glory and what it means to play for Spurs. Yeah, you see how much that really means. There you go. Cheers. Now Nate has officially gone out on a limb. We've saved zero time for me to tell you about my Super Cup experience, and I feel like it's on purpose by you guys, and I don't appreciate it. Can I give you the notes that I took during this match? There's only Absolutely. five of them. Notes. Yeah. Notes. Okay. I just I like I like watching Christian Pulisic lift trophies. He's done that a lot in the last. Damn. You know who Three was trophies. against Christian Pulisic going to Chelsea? Darren Smith back in the day. That is true. That is true. So were a lot of people. I was made fun of 
I remember getting mocked when I was excited that Pulisic joined Chelsea. And everyone's like, oh, it's just a marketing deal, you silly, silly boy. No, I never said that. Look at was, him now. No, I Darren didn't say that. SD I was concerned that. because they churn managers there. So I thought, you know, having gone through three managers in a, like an hour, that's what I worried about. But they got the it's proper... worked out for him, right? I would still be saying this if it were staying super frank for all the reasons that Nate has already delivered on this podcast because Frank was going to lead him to ruin. Right. But this is not a we hate Frank Lampard. Why is our podcast always we hate Frank Lampard when Nate joins the show? All right, here's my, uh, here's my notes. First highlight I saw, Timo missing a goal. Does that happen often? Yeah, I felt right at home. I'm like, baby, we are back. Premier League, back in action this weekend. Uh, Ziyech, I saw him look very good. I saw him score. Uh, and then I saw him That is another injury. player, sorry to, to interrupt the, these flowing uh, poetic notes here, but that is another player who was kicked to the wayside uh, under Frank Lampard, who scored uh, for your club in the uh, Super Cup there. He wasn't kicked to the... He was hurt the whole first half of the season. Don't think he was really in Frank's plans, Jordan. Now he, he scored signed him. in the Super Cup. You're out of control with your logic now. He actually was the manager when they signed him. I don't believe that. It's, don't, it's, Can you prove that? Yes. Um, well, he left with an injury. Pulisic came on. He scored a penalty. Did you see Jorginho? Here's the main main takeaway for me. His hair. Did we see Jorginho's hair? Anyone else? Anyone Jorginho with the bleach? Yes. With the bleach job? Bleach yes. Jorginho? Yes. yes, he was mocking Phil Foden, who he recently beat in a Champions League final and now a Euro final. Hmm. Yes. And yes. now he is bleaching his hair. It was very good. I liked it. Jorginho scored his penalty. I thought that was very good. Pulisic, he lifts a trophy. Darren said that already. And Keppa brought on in the 119th minute just for penalties. Tuchel loves Keppa and PKs. That's his preference over Mendy. Mendy had some uh, shaky moments in that one. I love Mendy, but he had some shaky moments. Keppa in for PKs. It was brilliant. Jordan, Jordan can you pronounce Keppa's uh, last name? Can you give me a little Basque uh, uh, flair here to pronounce the, the great penalty shootout hero? Keppa dot dot dot. Can you can you give me that last name for me? That's why we invited you on the podcast. Keppa Arriva Balaga. Mm. See, this is why we do pre and post, Nate, right. and why play by play. Right. That's why you're in the booth and we're drinking champagne on the field. <laughs> Nobody expects months from our pronunciation. So right. If you're going to match day live for pronunciations, you better check yourself. All right. We say, hey, we're getting Nate Abarea. Yeah, we're good with your name, Nate. I appreciate that. Not everybody is. been good with your name. Very, very great. You, you've even made songs uh, out of my name. Jordan, Jordan Kariff and uh, Darren Smythe have been very, very good to me in, in our time. How dare you? The Yellow Submarine. Shouts out to the Yellow Submarine. One of the, the great stories in recent European football uh, history for me, them winning uh, the Europa League last year a really really special club a smaller club a very romantic club a very locally hyper locally focused club uh the club where juan roman riquelme uh went and had one of his uh best years of his career so always a soft spot always love for the yellow submarine of uh Villarreal. but it was not to be in the penalty shootout this time after that incredible uh penalty shootout win against another english team uh in the europa league final against United where they won something like 12-11. Uh, it was 11-10, 12-11. It came down to the goalkeepers 
at the end. Not the marathon shootout this time and not the glory uh, this time for the yellow submarine. So congrats to Chelsea. Congrats to Christian Pulisic, Thomas Tuchel, but most importantly, and Kepa, but most importantly, congratulations to the true Jordan Carew. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> that was well said. Uh, I believe we're out of time. Yes. You tell me you're hosting the thing. 28 past. Jordan's got to be out by 30. Yeah, we got to go. And actually Nate gave us uh no, it was Jordan. It was Jordan. Mm. Definitely Jordan. You're if you're listening out there, podcast. I don't if you're listening it. out there and you wanted more right now, the reason why you're not going to get it is because of Jordan Carruth. You guys are going to dinner or something you said? Are you going to the shell? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, you're I'm going to go, go, go sling some more soup at the shell. It's going to be good. Yeah. 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 Nate, Nate, what would you talk about if we had another couple of minutes? Like what's, what's the next topic that you wanted to get? <laughs> yeah, Nate, what are we missing? Uh, more, more field of dreams, more bass goalkeepers, uh, you know, just the huge. We covered all this stuff. What are you talking about? Huge. Just the, I just wanted an opportunity to use the huge. Thank you. Thank you. Did you want to get in a Phoenix rising, losing a player to Schalke? No. Did we want to get into that? Do you want to just give us the the nugget there? Phoenix rising had a player picked up by, by the Schalke organization. Oh, the XL news you're dropping on us here at the end of the pod, Jordan, Darren, Darren, Jordan. <laughs> Thought it was going to, you know, be some sort of statement about the, uh, the USL championship. Yeah. But I guess not. We don't have time for that because Jordan's got to go. I don't have, I don't have time for this. You're right. 